Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The apparent demonic possession of Don Decker, otherwise known as the Pennsylvania Rain Man, is a bizarre and chilling paranormal case. In fact, it's so unsettling, these goings-on, that some people even began to believe that they were literally witnessing the work of the devil himself. What's more, these events were witnessed and corroborated by multiple people, including a prison warden and four police officers. I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, I give you Demonically Possessed, the shocking story of the Pennsylvania Rain Man. At the time these strange and disturbing incidents began, 20-year-old Don Decker was in prison. He was in the middle of a 12-month sentence at Monroe County Correctional Facility, and on the bitterly cold morning of February 26th, 1983, he had been given a rare opportunity. He was allowed out of prison because he was on compassionate leave. This was so he could attend the funeral of his grandfather in the small town of Stroudsburg in Pennsylvania. His name, the grandfather, was James Kissor, and he had died four days earlier. Not that there was any love lost between Decker and his late grandfather. You see, his grandfather was a nasty piece of work. He had abused Decker since he was a young child. Now, Decker had never told anyone of this abuse. That's actually not at all uncommon in these sorts of cases. And understandably, though, the anger and dark feelings he felt as a result remained within him. How, how could they not? And as such, Decker remained at the service only very briefly. But it just got too difficult to hear everybody give such glowing tributes to a man he could see in a very different light. So he said goodbye and promptly left the funeral. Now, the crimes that put Don Decker in prison were not necessarily the worst in the world. Basically, he had been caught handling stolen goods. Yet, his family were so horrified by, by this conviction that they had virtually disowned this young 20-year-old man. And this meant that while he was on compassionate leave, not just for the funeral, but for a few days, he was not allowed to stay with his family. They wouldn't have him. Instead, he had arranged to sleep at the home of some family friends who had remained close to him over that time. Their names were Bob and Janine Kiefer. And it was at the Kiefer home that something truly strange took hold of Don Decker, an event that would be both life-changing and deeply frightening. It was on the evening of the funeral when Decker was at home at Bob and Janine Kiefer's house. And at one point, he excused himself from the living room to go to the bathroom upstairs. And it was while he was in the bathroom that he began to feel what he would later describe as, quote, a profound chill that seemed to just run through his body. And a few moments after this weird cold touched him, he fell to the floor and he lay there on the tiles, unable to move. 
He felt as though he was in some kind of ominous trance. But what happened next was the stuff of nightmares. As Decker lay there paralyzed on the floor, he saw a figure beginning to emerge in the bathroom. A shadow that slowly faded into something that was both recognizable and horrific. Standing there, watching him was a sinister old man. In some reports on this case, it says that this old man was his abusive and very dead grandfather. This was scary enough, but then something inexplicable started to happen to the skin on Decker's arms. He flicked his eyes down and he could see scratches dragged across as if some invisible blade or claw had come across them and they were deep enough in some cases to cause blood to come seeping out. What was happening, he had no clue, yet on it went, the slits and wounds opening up in him while his leering dead grandpa watched on. After several moments of this passed, he summoned the strength to get moving again and he pulled himself to his feet. And terrified and bewildered at what was happening, he staggered out of the bathroom, slamming the door back and rushing out and down the stairs so that he could find Bob and Janine. Both of them were more than shocked to see the utter state of distress Decker was in. When he had left only a few moments ago, he had seemed relatively fine, and now he was in shocked and shaking despair with several deep scratch marks on his arms. Decker, no doubt, with a nervous eye to the top of the stairs and the bathroom beyond, attempted to tell the worried pair what had just happened. He showed them the marks up close, saying, I, I didn't do this, I didn't cause, I did not cut myself. And then he told them what he had seen upstairs. He said there was something up there. What happened next, nobody, nobody could have predicted. Out of nowhere, they all started to notice the sound and then the sight of water, which suddenly began running down the walls of the Kiefer home. Bob and Janine looked at each other in shock, and then when they looked back at Decker, he appeared once more to be in some sort of bizarre trance. Now, bear in mind that Bob and Janine were both devoutly religious people. Perhaps that's why they were so open and welcoming to Decker when his family had turned their backs on him. Maybe that's why they were being hospitable, I don't know. But they were open to the idea of the supernatural. But at first, Bob tried to rationalize this bizarre situation and said, look, there's got to be a leak in the property. As weird as this looks. And so he contacted the landlord, a man called Ron Van Wy. He arrived a short time later to investigate and by then, not only was the water continuing to rain down from above, it was also bubbling up through the floor and somehow dripping upwards to the ceiling. This was insane. Van Wy, the landlord, would later recall that there was no specific direction the water seemed to be coming from. It was just appearing from, well, from everywhere. As equally perplexed as the Kiefer's, both with the water and the curious trance-like appearance of Decker, Van Wy contacted a friend. This was a local uh, police officer called John Baujan. And along with another officer called Richard Walbert, they attended the property. And the events they would witness there were unlike anything they had seen before. Baujan was later say, and I quote, I literally had a chill going up my spine. 
This was a situation where things were happening that I never, ever dreamed could possibly happen. And he added this, quote, There was no way of explaining what was going on. By this stage, water was even moving across the room sideways from wall to wall. Unable to explain where this water was coming from or how to bring Decker out of this trance-like state, the officers told Kiefer's, just please, can you just take him over the road to the pizzeria while we work this out and fill out a report? Van Wy, the landlord, remained at the property, desperately trying to locate the source of the water so his property wouldn't be damaged. And the Kiefer's did, as they were told. They took Decker across the street and perhaps they thought they had left the strangeness in the house behind them. But they were wrong. Because seconds after Decker sat down at the table in the pizzeria, water appeared out of nowhere there too, and it rained down. Those in the restaurant looked on in shock, in fascination at the events unfolding before them. One of the people watching was the pizzeria owner, a woman called Pam Scrafano, and she could see this trance-like look in Decker's face. But while the others so far had not really been able to work out what was going on, Scrafano took one look at him and was filled with an immediate conviction that what was happening to him was not a random trance or even some burst of spontaneous psychokinesis or something like that. Instead, she looked at him and in her head she decided she knew what was going on. She felt evil, she said, in that room. And she believed Decker was in that moment demonically possessed. That's why witnesses saw her rushing forward to Decker where she placed a small crucifix that she had onto his flesh. And to everyone's utter shock, a burn mark instantly appeared on the skin where the crucifix was. And as if to confirm this, Decker himself screamed out in agony. It appeared that this intervention with the cross was the only thing to have reached him because it somehow, it like brought him out of this daze and he started to blink himself back into awareness. He looked more focused and became himself once again. Pam Scofano, the woman with the cross, would later state that, quote, there was no way anybody could have played a joke like that, adding, this was real. And that Decker was, quote, doing it without realizing he was doing it. Shaken and disturbed, the Kiefer's decided to take Decker back to the house. A short time after he left the pizzeria, the water apparently ceased there. But at the exact same time, now back in the Kiefer house, it began there once more. Only this time, along with the water, the pots and pans in the kitchen started to rattle and clash against each other by themselves, creating a cacophony of sound. Genuinely shocked and perplexed, the landlord Van Wy put it to Decker that he, along with Bob and Janine, were, they must be pulling some kind of insanely elaborate hoax or prank, which led to some intense words from all parties. They strongly denied this was their doing, and the arguing would only cease when something happened to Decker that took all of their doubts away. It was his feet. Decker's feet were on the floor, pressed into the now damp and sodden carpet. But then they started to rise up, up and up a little more. A fully grown man beginning to levitate in front of them. And then Decker was pulled 
at full force to the side and slammed against the wall like a discarded doll. He came crashing down to the floor and the activity suddenly stopped. Can you just picture this for a moment? You in this scenario seeing what is impossible happen in front of you? The sense of silence and nervous calm that followed was welcome, of course, but it wouldn't last. This wouldn't be the end of the insane goings-on around Don Decker. There'd be more. The following morning, the two police officers, Baojan and Walbert, along with fellow police officers Bill Davies and John Rundle, returned to the Kiefer house. They weren't actually there on official police business. They were there of their own accord. Such was the fascination with what had happened last night. Their superior officer had visited the house very briefly the previous evening, along with Baojan and Walbert. He was convinced the whole thing had been some kind of elaborate prank and had ordered them to forget the whole affair. Yet how are you supposed to forget that? The boss was not there to see it. It can be so much easier to dismiss the claims of somebody else to rationalize their account away with theories. Makes sense. Yet when you see something with your own eyes, it is, it is so hard to file those things away in your mind. And so neither of the officers could get out of their head what had happened. It was just too weird and too convincing. So they brought Davies and Rundle with them so they might too witness, hopefully, some unnerving events. Because, you know, when you see a scary paranormal experience, it does help to get as many people as possible to experience it with you. So while they were there, Officer Davies tried something. He asked Decker if he would hold on to a golden crucifix that he had brought with him. They wondered if this might replicate the extreme burning reaction that happened in the pizzeria the night, the night before. If it really was a prank, you know, maybe Pam Scafano, the woman from the pizzeria, had a special type of cross, maybe with charcoal rubbed on it, that would leave a mark so that Decker just had to press it against himself and scream and sell the idea that he was burning when it was really just a prank. So Davies thought, well, look, let's test this. I'll pull out a normal crucifix with no trickery, no soot or anything on it. And Decker agreed to have the symbol pressed into his hand. And almost as soon as the crucifix touched him, he started to wince and writhe in pain, saying that the crucifix was indeed hot and was burning his skin. Was he just putting this on? Well, what happened next gave them a dramatic answer. Because when Davies went to retrieve the crucifix from Decker's hand, the 20-year-old started to rise again steadily in the air, much like he had the previous evening. And as the others just stared on in utter bafflement and horror, Decker remained hovering for several moments before he was once again flung against the wall. And as the witnesses looked on, scratch marks once again started to appear on his neck as if it had been made by an invisible attacker. And what made these events even more harrowing to witness was that it appeared that these scratches were not being made even, even by a knife or, or just the walls or something he'd caught on, but more, it looked like claw marks. Officer John Rundle would later state that he simply had, quote, no answer for what he saw that morning. You know, if I'd been in that pizzeria back in 1983 seeing Don Decker cause poltergeist activity, this is what I'd be thinking. I wonder if one day in the future you don't have to go out to pricey restaurants to buy tasty chef-crafted meals. 
Well, fast forward to 2024 and the wait is over because with Factors, amazing ready-to-eat meal service, you'll be getting fabulous restaurant-quality meals direct to your door, and it's even cheaper than takeout. I'm really impressed at the amount of choice you get with Factor, who offer over 35 options per week. I mean, the folks in that pizzeria got more than they bargained for with a demonically possessed levitating fella turning their pepperoni into wet sludge, but they might have been getting more fat, sugar, and salt than they bargained for too. Who knows what chefs put into stuff when you go out? Not with Factor, since every two-minute meal is dietitian approved. You can even pick from keto, calorie-smart, vegan plus, veggie options, and more. Factor is the perfect solution for great value, fast and nutritious upscale food. And it's all so easy without prep or mess. Head to factormeals.com slash Frightful50 and use code Frightful50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code Frightful50 at factormeals.com slash Frightful50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odours and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to a dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I think it's fantastic that more and more people these days are becoming conscious of the food they eat, but shouldn't we be taking the same care for our pets? The health of our dogs means so much. So no wonder owners are posting their glowing reviews of Badlands dog food and how it has improved the energy and coat of their beloved dogs. But don't take it from me. Go to badlandsfood.com forward slash frightful and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash frightful. These bizarre events happened on and off for the next several days. The landlord, Van Wy, became so disturbed and frustrated with these unsettling incidents that he began contacting local priests and ministers, asking them to perform an exorcism on Decker. And one eventually agreed to do it. He arrived at the keeper's home a short time later, and according to those who were present, as soon as the priest began to pray... Decker went into weird convulsions and the water started falling again. The priest continued his recitals and then after several minutes, the dripping water suddenly stopped and then Decker's convulsions ceased. Does that mean the exorcism worked or not? Well, that's open to debate, but the Kiefer's as well as others present that day did say they noticed a palpable change in the atmosphere in the property upon the exorcism's conclusion. Decker desperately hoped then that when he returned to prison the following the end of this leave, you know, these events would stop, that they were out of his system. And at first it did seem promising. The first few days passed without incident. However, a short while after returning to the prison, his fellow prisoners and prison guards were starting to feel uneasy around Decker. It was difficult for them to describe, but they felt that his, his, his personality was just, just different as if he was somebody else. 
Decker would state years later following his release from prison that in those days, those early days back in prison, he had started to lie there in his cot wondering whether he could make the water come and go of his own accord. And so he had begun to concentrate intensely on it appearing, and to his surprise it started to work again. This new formed paranormal ability would unnerve many of the prison guards as well as many of the Decker's uh, fellow prisoners. Whether Decker was in full conscious control or whether he was being manipulated or even controlled by that same entity that he had tangled with back at the Kiefer house remains unknown. But his ability to suddenly make water appear in the cell eventually led to his cellmates begging the guards to take action. And it was when the prison warden, David Keenhold, learned of the recent events surrounding Don Decker that the idea that Decker was possessed by an evil spirit began being spoken of once more. Ultimately, Keenhold would request the prison minister, the chaplain, Reverend William Blackburn, to perform a second exorcism. To begin with, Blackburn was deeply suspicious of Decker. He hadn't had any evidence of this, just these stories people were telling, and he believed it must all be in his head. However, after telling him this, Decker went into a catatonic state, just like he had been in Kiefer's home. And when he did that, a noxious aroma filled the air of Decker's cell, and then the water came, raining down on the two men. So by this point, Reverend Blackburn was more than convinced with Decker's authenticity, even stating later that he believed he was, quote, in the presence of evil, and that there was no doubt whatsoever in his mind that Decker was possessed. He elaborated further and said, quote, there was no way a human could do what he did in that room. Blackburn quickly reached for his Bible and began reading verses from it. And to his surprise and shock, despite water gushing down all around him, it's claimed that the pages of the Bible remained completely dry. These bizarre events went on for several minutes before Decker appeared to emerge from this zombie-like state and he returned to his normal self once more. And at the same time, that toxic smell that had permeated the room faded away and the water ceased. The second exorcism was more long-lasting than the first. There were no further episodes of strange activity surrounding Don Decker. He would serve out his sentence and was released from prison later that year. The story, however, would take one final strange turn several decades later. In 2012, when Decker was arrested once more, this time he was accused of arson following a fire at a local restaurant. It appeared that the fire was part of an insurance scam given that the restaurant owner was also arrested and charged with the same thing. And that is almost certainly what happened. However, there was talk that the incident might not have been so clean cut and that the fire may have been the result of another paranormal attack or manifestation and that maybe he was simply trying to extinguish the fire. Of course, this is pure speculation and unlikely but it is certainly more difficult to dismiss what happened in 1983 with all of those multiple witnesses. So just what should we make of the Pennsylvania Rain Man case? Was Don Decker legitimately possessed by entities from another realm, perhaps even by the devil himself? As we might imagine, not everyone is quite convinced. 
Some researchers have suggested that the events, or at least the suddenly leaking water, could have been triggered by ice damming, for example, on the Kiefer's roof. As the ice melted, it leaked into the walls and, it is claimed, gave the impression of water appearing from nowhere. It was winter, after all. However, that wouldn't explain the water seemingly moving upward from the floor and certainly not travelling sideways from wall to wall. And nor would it explain why this phenomena also began in the pizzeria or Decker's prison cell. And what about the strange trance-like states, the vicious scratches that seem to appear on his body, or indeed being levitated into the air in front of people? With all of this in mind then, could it be possible that Don Decker was possessed by an unknown entity? Or did he orchestrate one of the greatest and most prolonged paranormal hoaxes in history? If so, why? Why did he do it? If we consider the number of witnesses to these strange events, all whom appear credible and reliable, the hoax theory, well, it does creak a fair bit. Some skeptics, though, despite the number of witnesses, are pointed to the lack of any photographic or video evidence, particularly given the fact that the events occurred a second time 24 hours later after the first bizarre episode, so why didn't they go to document it on film? This is a fair point, of course, but we should also remember that the point of confusion, not to mention terror, that must have engulfed Decker and the witnesses at the time the events were playing out you know, not everyone thinks to do that. This was 1983. It wasn't like everyone at the pizzeria were sitting there with smartphones in their pockets or even disposable cameras. It wasn't that the police returned the next morning on official business, bringing all of their cameras and things with them. Well, let's take the idea of a hoax and demonic possession off the table for a moment. Is there another explanation for these events? Well, Decker was under an immense amount of emotional stress at the time. Remember, he was in the middle of a 12-month prison sentence. He was only age 20. A prison sentence that had caused his family to all but abandon him. And then, we, of course, we have this really emotionally turbulent time of his grandfather's death and the funeral. A person, remember, who he hated due to the abuse he had suffered at his grandfather's hands. It's not hard to see how much pressure must have been piled onto this man's young shoulders. Was it the stress that somehow caused the events that started? The weird events in the Kiefer house that night? Was there a buildup of emotional energy within Decker that manifested in scratches on his body, in levitating the air, of water appearing, of poltergeist activity in the house? Were these very real events manifested by his own mind? Might this also explain the apparent burning of Decker's skin when it came into contact with a crucifix? Could the emotional build-up have made Decker believe he really was possessed, even if he wasn't? So much so that his reaction to the crucifix was real. While that might sound preposterous to some, it is, it is well documented in poltergeist cases that the focus of the uh, apparent entity, if you want to use that word, is often a young child going through puberty, a time when emotions will be running rampant. Some researchers into poltergeist activity suggest that it's this emotional energy that is the cause of much poltergeist activity and encounters 
essentially that the respective person of focus has subconsciously brought these paranormal disturbances into being like some sort of mysterious coping mechanism or an expression of pain and frustration that spills over from the body and into the world. There's another angle, of course, that all of this emotion and pain and heartache, all the negative energy, what if it feeds these strange entities from other realms of existence? Call them demons or not. What if the emotional turmoil in a family could eventually make these beings strong enough to manifest, not only to Decker, but to those present? If any of these theories were true, of course, it would change what we know of both the potential of the human brain and also our sense of collective reality, as well as how we fit into and even possibly shape that reality. It's also very interesting to note Decker's own belief that his grandfather, or at least his grandfather's spirit was responsible for the bizarre goings-on. Perhaps one last cruel attempt to hurt, humiliate, and abuse him from beyond the grave. We might recall that Decker stated he saw his grandfather in the Kiefer's bathroom as the events began, rather than being some strange paranormal manifestation of Decker's mind. Did his grandfather's spirit return to attack him? Cause the scratch marks to appear one last time? Again, while this might sound bizarre to many, there are other paranormal cases where spirits seemingly target and then physically attack others. Was it even his grandfather at all? Or could it have been some sort of demonic entity like some claim? After all, the ability was subdued and the events stopped after two religious exorcisms. What do you think was the power behind the bizarre events in the winter of 1983 in Pennsylvania, whether it was an intricate hoax, a possession, or a frightening window into the potential power of the subconscious, this disturbing case still remains of interest to paranormal researchers and investigators today, almost half a century later. I'm Peter Laws, and you have been listening to Demonically Possessed, the shocking story of the Pennsylvania Rain Man on Frightful. Hey, just want to say thanks once again uh, for joining me on Frightful. If you want to get a bunch more episodes, then this used to be, well, still is, an audio show, um, audio podcast. So there's a lot of back issues, um, back episodes of the podcast. If you want to check them out, please do. Um, just search Frightful in your podcast apps. Or you might want to check out my other shows, um, Our Curious Past, also audio and also on YouTube or even Creepy Cove Community Church, which is another project I was involved in. To be honest, the best thing to do, right, is go to peterlaws.co.uk and you'll find out all about my work there. And um, even better, um, check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash peterlaws to find out ways you can support the stuff I do and get connected. Um, We're doing a kind of Zoom social soon, talking about dreams, nightmares, and sleep sleep paralysis and all this crazy stuff so anyway if you're interested uh, check out patreon.com forward slash peter laws but for now the next time you get a leak in your house call the plumber but maybe have a priest's number on hand too Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.